I was, uh, I was in sixth grade when I first learned and came across the musician uh, Randy Newman. And, and I'm, I'm still a fan of Randy Newman just because his humor is, is too much for me. I, I, I think it's hysterical. But uh, the song that, that brought it uh, to me was in the Toy Story movie, right? Uh, You've Got a Friend in Me. And, and we're all pretty familiar with it. I'm not going to sing it, nor Rosalind's not going to play it. But um, the, the point of the song, which leads into Toy Story very well, is, is that you know, friends are important and, and uh, we can count on one another. And this, is, uh, this has come to mind with our text, especially our gospel text today, uh, that you've got a friend in me, because I, I'd like to put forward that the act of Jesus' baptism is that same statement to us, that you have a friend in me. And hopefully this can provide a little bit of clarity to the whole episode of Jesus' baptism, because there is, it's somewhat mystifying. It doesn't really fit oftentimes in our way of thinking. One, um, it's strange that Jesus was baptized because Jesus is the one who commanded us to be baptized. It's also strange because he was baptized by John, and what was John's baptism about? A little louder. Repentance. That, you should be very, that was the right answer, so that was, was good. Yeah, it was a baptism of repentance, and we know Jesus to be Sinless, meaning there's no need to repent. <laughs> Is it that should be logically the next conclusion that we come to? But yet, there he is, standing before John the Baptist, or um, as was said in the children's message, the crazy man, um, and is demanding there to be baptized. Now, a point that should be made known and, and is there in the text is that first, John resists. John does not want to be baptizing Jesus. He makes a statement that it rather should be Jesus baptizing John. And actually, that's a pretty honest and true statement. John resists, yet Jesus insists. He insists that he be baptized. He uses the phrase that sometimes slips in, and I like using about certain things, that righteousness be fulfilled. That, so he can get about and do what he has come to do, and that all questions be kind of put to rest, that we have done everything that we need to do. Righteousness is fulfilled. And so John, the servant, baptizes the Most High the one who has come. The very one that John points to and says, behold, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. The same one that John prophesies about and says that I, will not, uh, I am not even worthy to tie his sandals. But as I said to you, this, this seems to be an act to where we can know that we have a friend. After all, in John, Jesus even tells us, you are my friends. There is no greater love than this, that a friend will lay down his life for another, and you are my friends. 
The key to understanding it this way is the context. If you have sat in any of my Bible studies and I have forced you to interpret, you know that one of the first steps we go to is context. What is going on in the story at the time? We don't cherry pick. We don't pick out verses and kind of leave it separate from where it came from. No, we need to look at what is going on in the text. And we see here several acts where Jesus is walking in the footsteps that we are to walk. If you remember, maybe this is a bit more of a quiz. As Jesus comes up out of his baptism, what happens next? Well, the voice of God happens, but he's, he's led immediately into the desert. He's led into the time of temptation where he is not able to eat and drink and he becomes at his weakest. And, and there, remember, the time of temptation is the devil himself, the enemy that we have and we know is real, comes and starts asking those questions that get to all of us. If you say who you are, if you are who you say you are, Prove it. Before this, before he comes to the time of his baptism, we have Jesus walking in our shoes as a child. Born in the same way that we are born, under the same circumstances of needing to cling to his parents for every single thing. Completely dependence. Being a child that when they decide to untie their shoes and take the shoelaces out, you have to put them back in and tie them. A child that needs that kind of nurturing and care. A child that maybe even faces a bit more than we faced in our births these days. Born into a situation where death was present at his door, seeking him out, wanting to take him before he could do what he came to do. When we face our death, Jesus has faced death as well. When we face our trials and our temptations, Jesus has faced trial and temptation as well. When we face our hunger and our thirst in the deserts that we walk through, Jesus has done that as well. And even, even in our repentance, Jesus has walked there so that he could be there with us. For every Christian can tell you from the bottom of their heart, to repent is difficult. To admit the things that we have done. To even say the words that we say before God that I am a poor, miserable sinner cuts to the death of our pride. and demands a death much like our baptism. We have our God there with us. 
Jesus' baptism is him diving into our baptism, diving into our repentance, diving into our death, diving into our resurrection, diving into our temptation and all that we face in this world. It is another place in time where we see Jesus making an act and a move that says he is our friend and he is with us. Our Old Testament reading today is one of the most beautiful parts of Isaiah and and maybe something to cut out and, and keep on your computer this week or something. But a statement of, of the Messiah who is to come and the one and the way in which he will actually be. And it has some very beautiful language and imagery that is used. And, and it says that a broken reed or a, a bruised reed he will not break. And a excuse me, a faint uh, flame, a faint wick, he will not extinguish. A bruised reed is is one that is unusable. We don't don't really use reeds anymore for anything. (laughs) But a a reed at the time of this writing is something that is used for building, and and it needs to be intact. Its integrity needs to be solid or else... That which it is making is also compromised. I don't, I'm I'm not a builder. I have no illustration to relate this to. But we certainly understand that when that kind of material is used within a building, that building is no longer as strong as it could be. And so a bruised reed is one that is worth being thrown away. You could break it. It's easy to break. It's easy to throw aside. It means nothing. It is like the shaft that is on the bottom of the floor. But yet here we hear of the Messiah that he will not throw it away. A bruised reed, he's not going to cast out. He's not going to break it. And in his baptism, and in the stories here of early Matthew, we see the level that this Messiah is going to do to show and to prove that. And for us as the bruised reeds, the ones who have been bruised and bloodied in our temptation, the ones who have been wandering and lost in our deserts, the ones who have come to our waters in baptism and are daily needing to be reminded of it, he will not cast you out. He will not break you. He will not set you aside. For in his eyes, you are his friend. A friend who he died for. So his baptism is just another act of a very long love letter written to you. To remember that even in your repentance, he is there. Even doing the hardest thing that you are probably going to be called to. Not in giving your life over, not in in sacrificing yourself, but sacrificing your pride and your repentance. Setting yourself aside for the sake of restoration of yourself and others, your God is there. The very one who came and put on that flesh, 
The very one who walks in the desert. The very one who stands in front of the brood of vipers and fulfills all righteousness. For the purpose that you can now do it. You can now stand in front of those brood of vipers. You can now stand in your repentance. Upon hearing his words, you can get back up off the floor. You can remember the baptism of restoration that you've been given, the baptism of resurrection that has come into your life. You can now do these things because our Lord goes in them before us. You have a friend. You have a friend in Jesus, the one who's died for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.